Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Shift. Um, for any new listeners or viewers, this is a sex, dating, relationship, and sometimes just a chat, but definitely today is going to be very sex-related, so that's very exciting. Uh, we have a guest on, who has been on before, Dr. Bracheva, um, and so I'm very excited to have her back, and we're going to, yeah, we're going to we're gonna chat about sex. We're going to talk about it's sex, so everyone's favourite subject, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having me back. I feel like it was two years ago. Yeah, just about. Yeah, so if anybody wants to also go back and listen to that episode, <laughs> you can go back and find it. Um, but yeah, really excited. I think for, so this is the first episode you'll be on that's like on YouTube, which is fun. Um, and I think for any li- listeners who hasn't listened before or don't really know, like you are a sex therapist. That is correct. Can you explain to the listeners or viewers what exactly is a sex therapist? It's so funny because I feel like everybody thinks sex therapists are having sex with their clients, <laughs> um, which is not the case, actually. Um, so I'm a, I'm a licensed social worker and a PhD in human sexuality and a certified sex therapist. And um, for 25 years, I ran the largest sexual health center in the United States. Oh, wow. Yes. And um, sex therapists basically talk to people and figure out what's not working in their sex life, which is pretty much everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially women. Like, I, I always joke around that the statistic out there is that um, 43% of women have a problem with their sex life at some point in their life. And I always say the other 57% are lying. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's having problems. I get, I get way late at cocktail parties. Um, but what sort of makes me different as a sex therapist is that I work in the intersection between the medical, the physiological, and the psychological. Um, so often people will say to women, oh, you know, you just have a problem. You're not relaxing. Drink, drink a glass of wine. We don't see what the pain is. The pain is in your head, you know. Um, and I'm very well aware of how much our medications are affecting us, our hormones are, medication, are affecting us. And yes, our relationships are affecting us. The way we use our brains are affecting us. The, the, the tools and the implements that we use, the way we've been taught or not taught to have sex. So I see the whole, the whole world of sex and try to bring it all together. And because of that, um, I think the women have a much, much better result. Men also, but I tend to see women and my book is about women. So um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, really interesting. I remember I read your book, but it was like two years ago when I read it. And you don't you remember if, every single word. <laughs> I remember a good bit. I still quote parts of it to friends. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> um, but so it, it used to be called Sex Points. It's now, for anyone who has listened to you before, it's now called Satisfaction Guaranteed. And you break it up into like four different parts, right? Yes, how to, yes, yes. Which, which I think is great. I think that not even just like sex, but like in every aspect of your life, I feel like, you know, like if you're told, I was told as a child I had ADD, but... No one ever gave me meds, and I'm sure that would have worked. But I mean, I also had the time to figure out my own little coping mechanisms, and I'm sure maybe one day I will. But I mean, it's not just like each person. There's like different roots, or you know, it's uh, it could be like what well, you're eating as well, or 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 your exercise. exercise. Yeah, all these things, and you forget that it's not just a one fix wonder that you should try. So like, it's so interesting that we we're still only learning that with general health. So like, sex, we're just so far behind. It's totally true. But now I have a question for you. How many comics do you think have ADD? Uh, I, I'm convinced every comic has ADD, okay, and I'm yeah. convinced every person from Ireland has ADD. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, because we all like it's a big drinking culture, and we all are like quite hyper and giddy. Um, yeah, like maybe it's like a. I'm, I'm just gonna do what every Irish person would be like. I think it's because of the famine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's potatoes. It yeah, was yeah. The potatoes. It was a lack of potatoes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and now our genes are all messed up. But. Yeah, like it's every person I know that I grew up with or I talked to, it's like concentration issues or daydreaming or yeah, yeah. So 
I'm sure like majority Irish listeners now are like, that's not true. <laughs> that's just you. Well, but, maybe, you know, it's like if a tree falls in the forest. If everybody has ADD, do you actually have ADD? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Not really. You're just regular. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. else is just like in slow motion. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? That's the other thing. You go on TikTok and you diagnose yourself 17 times. It's different things. But it is... Um, yeah, I I uh, I do think it, there's the other side of it is people are knowing more about all these conditions. So it's like, yeah, probably more people are finding out they have more things. But also like in in like, um, what's that word? Oh, also side note, Pat, I hear like a weird fuzzy noise. Is that that's not on the thing, is it? I also hear. Yeah. Do you hear that, Pat? It's like a Star Trek noise. Okay. Oh, it's much better now. Okay, glad. I for a second I thought that was like in my head. <laughs> it goes with the ADD. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, here we go. Uh, too much caffeine this morning, but um, yeah. Uh, I think um, I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, the coping mechanism. Oh, or not even just like that. We know about more issues, but also it, it's probably like a, like a spectrum. I love the word spectrum because I feel like people have everything but on a spectrum. It's totally true. And what, what is perfectly normal on one part of the spectrum as it gets like further and further away may be less normal. And whether or not it's like the, I have this with sex all the time. If I tell you, if every person could say to me, had one question for me, it would be, am I normal? Yeah. Like seriously. And like I always say like normal isn't the issue. The issue is what's working. First of all, almost everything is on the spectrum of normal. Yeah. That's the truth when it comes to sex. We can talk about that. But as long as it's working for you in your relationship. So it doesn't matter if you think like you have an orgasm in a weird way. But it, it does matter if it's not working in the context of your relationship. And then we, if, if, if you're having sex in a relationship, you could be having solo sex. And then it could also not be working. So if it's not working in the context of your life, then it needs to be looked at. But normal is such a weird like construct. Yeah, and it's different for different cultures, different yes. age groups. Like I'm sure young people now look and think, oh, I don't have wild porn sex because porn's more accessible. So they're like, I'm not normal. Whereas people from my generation would be like, I don't know, is it normal to get choked? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like it quickly changes what is your definition of normal. I think that's a good point, though. It's whatever you get, whatever gets you off and you're comfortable with. No, it, for sure. With sex in particular, it's like every, everything. Like, I could have two clients in one day and one woman will say to me, this is going to be the weirdest thing you ever heard about Java, but I only had sex with my partner my whole life or one other person. And then like two hours later, I'll have somebody else who says, I know this is going to be the weirdest thing you've ever heard in your life, but I had sex with like, I don't know, 50 people when I was in college. I'm like, there's just a wide range. And and normal is, I, I almost promise you as you're listening to this, everybody, um, half your listeners are thinking, oh, but she doesn't know about X because that's yeah. really not normal. And I'm going to say, yeah, probably it is pretty normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's all like the more if you're, nervous about a certain sex type style whatever you're like oh this isn't what I'm used to hearing about but that's that that's your group of people if you actually research it because I mean every, things I've done with my partner now are stuff that I would have never heard my Irish girls talk about but it's like I live in New York I have uh, met different people who are more open about it and then just research and comfortability but yeah now that seems totally normal but when he first brought up things I was like get the fuck out of here <laughs> who the hell are you anyway. how did I end up with you you know it's funny I had this one client who oh my god it took her it was so hard for her to tell me why what was going on like why she was there it was almost like it, it like took almost the first whole hour until she finally said to me Bachava, the only way I can orgasm is by like chinning up on a doorpost, like on the edge of a door of a no, of a door. So how does that put her chin on the door? Sure, her arms. She put the arms on like imagine an open door. She puts her arms on the door and she presses up like she's doing a chin up on the door with her vulva and her you know opening to the, whatever her with her vulva and her clitoris pressed up against the door the edge of the door. Oh, do you wow. see that? And I'm well, fair you, play to her for finding that out. Okay, by the way, so can I tell you? She looked at me when she told me this, yeah. it was as if she was telling me she murdered somebody. Yeah. Like it was so, and she had never told her partner. She was married for 30 years. She had never told her therapist. She had been in therapy for 10 years. And I looked at her. I remember this because it was very conscious of me. I was like, yes. And like as if, and I have heard that before from numerous women. A lot of little girls learn how to have orgasms by climbing up ropes in gym class. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, no, really. Yeah. Or sliding down banisters or pulling or like themselves up banisters. Or like riding or, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not so weird. It really isn't so weird. But again, this woman felt like 
so much shame. Like we all carry around so much shame about our sex life. Now you have to tell us all the crazy things you and your boyfriends do. I mean, it's not <laughs> crazy at all. That's the whole point. <laughs> it's like actually it's very <laughs> vanilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do think um, for for that woman because she kept it like as a secret as well. Uh, then there wasn't a way to explore how to do that without the door. You know, whereas if she just told her partner, it's like, okay, so you obviously like like a very rubbing. <laughs> yeah, you can now be a sex therapist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, my work with her was gonna say, you know, I, I, I was laughing. I said, to put a pole in your pole dance, put a pole in your bedroom. You know, like she thought I was crazy, and I remember her saying to me, "There's no way I'm ever gonna tell my husband, and there's no way I'm ever gonna tell my therapist." And we just talked about it and normalized it, and within like two weeks or three weeks, she had told her therapist, she had told her husband, and he was like, "Oh, okay." Let's figure out how to do this in the context of the two of us, or yeah. let me watch you. Do you know what I mean like that's yeah. you know? especially when someone loves? Honestly, I think, and I don't want to like gender specific, but I do think women maybe have been brought up with more shame, so they're more like, oh, he's going to think this is weird, and guys are like, whatever. Go if yeah. it makes you if it makes turned on, turned on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it turns them on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know when you see that a lot with vibrators. Oh yeah, yeah. You see that with vibrators. Which I know you joke around a lot about. At least yeah. I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. So my PhD thesis was on vibrator use okay. with women, yeah. and um, and one of the things that comes up all the time is women are like they don't want to bring a vibrator into the relationship, even though they can orgasm much easier with the vibrator because they're afraid that their male partner is going to feel like displaced. Yeah. Right. What were you about to say? I was just going to say it's funny because it's actually when us women do that, we're putting more pressure on the man. Because it's like we could just give them a hand. (laughs) Totally. And the truth is that one of the things that comes up a lot is men will say, oh, my God, it makes my life so much easier. Like my hand gets tired. My mouth gets tired. You know, most women do not have an orgasm from a penis. We need to say that even though it's in every magazine. Three out of ten women will have an orgasm from a penis alone. The other seven out of ten will not. Um, So guys, sometimes it takes a little getting used to. Like there is this. I'm not going to pretend there aren't some men who feel like, oh, well, why does she need me then? But the reality is that most men, almost every guy, really gets into it. It's fun to watch you get turned on. It's fun to watch you have an orgasm. It definitely makes their life easier. And it isn't the same. Like, you know, I I tell women, like, the guys you're with, they could masturbate. They can have the same orgasm, maybe better and faster if they masturbate, but they want to be with you. Like, why do they want to be with you? Because it's a different experience. And so using the vibrator with a partner is just, it opens the whole world up. And how do we, I'm sorry, we got all this, we went running down the street. No, I think that's great because I remember listening to an Irish podcast and I'm pretty sure it was, I don't want to say who it was just in case I'm wrong, (laughs) but um. I'm pretty sure if I'm right, and I remember one of the lads saying that, like, oh, I'd never want a vibrator um, in the bedroom. Like, that's my job and stuff like that. And I was like, this is, like, 2022. This is so outdated. And I really like these guys. I was very surprised. But, um, but yeah, I mean. It my- is your job. I would say to him, it is your job. It yeah. is your job to make her happy and comfortable using that vibrator because if that's how she gets off, if that's how she has an orgasm, it's your job to be support. It's kind of like. If it was your job to keep the room lit yeah. and you only want to use candles because you yeah. don't want to use an electric light bulb because it's not natural. Yeah. Do you know I mean? Like, it's your job to keep that room lit. Yes. Exactly. And it's like, um, you know, especially when women uh, only, or like a lot of women only orgasm from clitoris, it's like, why wouldn't you? So you're having penal sex. Why wouldn't you bring it? You also want to be using your hand to rub down. You expect her to do that. It's like, of course, bring in this extra element so that she comes and you come. It It seems like, very, of course, obvious. But right. yeah, I, I I like what you say about how just include it into the... Because yeah, my boyfriend bought me a vibrator. Yay, your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, oh, he's, he's like zero ego. He has like... It's not... It's so funny because he, it is very... Like he's American and he's younger. And um, yeah, he just... Uh, he's very different from where like I come from in, re- in regards to things. Like I feel like as Irish people in general... We're a little, we have a lot more shame or we get embarrassed for people even secondhandly. Like, that's not a word, but secondhanded. So um, we're just like, we're very embarrassed people. About uh, sex or in general? Just in general. Like, even if I were like to do stand up, you know, um, in front of an Irish crowd, if it wasn't my fans, they would be kind of like, oh my God, I'm like embarrassed for her. And then when I'm funny, they're fine. But th- does that make sense? Like, they get or, nervous for you. Yeah, yeah. There's, yes. Yeah, it's like a... That's so sweet. I mean, I guess so. No, I don't know. More mortified for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. what does she think she is getting up here? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but um, but then they take credit when you're funny. Oh, I knew she'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I oh, I know actually. I think most Irish people were like, "Jesus, I didn't think you were going to be funny, but well done." You know, I think they're very honest. Uh, but it's very different from my boyfriend. Is like, um, so it's sex and stuff. It's. Uh, yeah, like he'll definitely be open about whatever he likes, but it's not also the be all or end all. Like he's said fantasies that I've been like, I can never do that. And he's like, that's fine. You know, that's still a fantasy. But I think with the vibrators, yeah, he bought vibrators, brought them in. Or even with me, I can't drew penal penises. Um, but uh, but like sometimes I'll just finish myself and he'll be like, he, like from the start, he was like, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, you could just like kiss me here. So yeah. he's still like involved. But it's just quicker if I sometimes if I'm like in a weird headspace and I I know where I like to be touched and what movement, it's just better for me to do it and for him just to partake by being like I'll just kiss your Telling neck or, or have your finger in your vagina or stroke your breath like this yeah, yeah. Twin, twelve million things that and they can still be involved yeah, and yeah. I, I I feel like even even this idea that like I should do it the other way the other day like where did we come up with this idea that there's a gold standard for orgasms and that's a penis and a vagina and there's a silver standard which is a hand or a mouth and then there's the you know bronze runner up which is the vibrator like where the hell does that come from like who who's an orgasm is an orgasm is an orgasm and having one feels good and connecting and watching somebody come feels really fun and exciting and however that works you know is is the way you need to do it and so I think we just put so much pressure on ourselves I mean it's ridiculous and can I clear something up about clitoral orgasms versus yeah Absolutely. orgasms. I need to clear up. There's no such thing. I mean, I guess it's the same thing, right? It's exactly the same thing. The thing behind. Exactly. <laughs> the thing behind. The thing behind the thing. Yes. <laughs> so your your clitoris, which we always think is that little white nub yeah, thing yeah, that you yeah. see, actually looks like a wishbone. It has these yeah. crua. It has these legs that go behind. You know, in your vulva. So they're inside. They're internal. So basically the way what an orgasm is is when there's so much neurological stimulation coming in from any number of different places. That could be your brain. That could be your breasts. That could be your vulva. That could be your vagina. um, It could be your thighs. It could be your earlobes. Whatever it is that kind of turns you on and gets those nerves firing, you end up with a lot, a lot of nerve stimulation. And blood comes into the area, to the vulvar area, and then all this nerve stimulation. And when it's too much, it sort of shoots off. So you can have the stimulation coming from lots of different places. The thing is that your vagina has 2,000 nerve endings. Your clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. So you're going to more likely get a lot of stimulation from the clitoris. And so, you know, different orgasms for different people feel different depending on what's being stroked and what's being touched. And that's why some people like using a vibrator on the outside and having something on the inside at the same time because they're getting stimulation from both sides or they like having their breasts sucked or they like being deep in fantasy. So like, but it's all, there's no difference in the orgasm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's this kind of, you know, Freudian, you know, vaginal orgasm was a piece of crap. (laughs) I love Freud, but, you know. I mean, I feel like most, past people who studied it studied men more anyway so it's really only learning about women for sure in so many aspects for sure just regular health (laughs) for sure and and when women are like well but he really wants me or i really want to have an orgasm just from you know a penis and a vagina i'd be like huh supposing he said he wanted to have an orgasm just by you're stroking his testicles you're just stroking his balls and Okay, I'm sure that you want that, but it's probably not going to happen, you know? Like, yeah. yeah so. Or dictating the speed for him, or, uh, yeah. So, like, I'm trying to think of, I do think it is definitely more, a little more complicated for, for women. Yes. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely more complicated. <laughs> but yes. But this idea that it should be this way, it oh, should yeah. come from the penis and the vagina is such crap. And Absolutely. it's just, I spend my life sort of deconstructing that for women. I also think for uh, men too, um, and um, I, it's just something I thought about, is that like I think uh, sometimes men can't, let's say, orgasm if they're having sex or, you know, they just want to like jack themselves off afterwards. And I feel like sometimes women are like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Or And it's like, no, just let him. He, he's tired. He's, he's hot. It's, it's easier with his hand. Yeah, let, yes. let him kiss him on the neck. It's, it's so, roles reversed is the same. I feel like sometimes women have a bit of an ego. Like, because I know with my boyfriend, when he first... I was like, yeah, it was just like a day where he's too tired or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And he was like, oh, my like, uh, you know, a previous partner used to get really offended and upset and think. That was, and I was like, I don't think it's me. <laughs> it's always fine. Totally. <laughs> Honestly, I'm tired. Exactly. So, it works great for we've me. Been, you know, it's like it's one of those days. It's not always going to be like 
perfect. Yes, totally. And whatever, whatever works is really, and I love that you brought that up because I feel like both because women put pressure on the guy. So then, then sometimes they have problems the next time they can't hold an erection because they're so stressed out because the one time they either didn't hold an erection or they couldn't ejaculate and their partner freaked out and decided it was because she's five pounds. She gained five pounds. She was like, it's crazy. And then, and then they feel this pressure, the men. So the, and on top of it, the other thing that women also often freak out about is when they find out their partner is, is, um, is masturbating to porn. And in every case, Guys, guys masturbate to porn. I mean, like the joke is that ninety nine percent of boys masturbate, and the other one percent lie about it. <laughs> so, um, and it doesn't have to do with you. It yeah. usually has to do with you know they want to relax, they want to de stress, they you know it is an anxiety reducer for a lot of guys. Um, it's quick, it's fast, it's easy. It's like you pulling out your vibrator for five minutes, you know. Um, so, but we women really, really do a number on ourselves, don't we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and the porn thing as well. Like I, I think. Um, I think there's certain things you think you should feel and certain things you think you should be mad about sometimes as as women. Like, does that make sense? Like, oh, like your friends would be like, fuck him if he does this or blah, blah, if he does that. And so you're like, oh, I should be annoyed about this. But really ask yourself, do you really care? Like, I don't care if my boyfriend wears or wears porn. So I watch yes, porn. Wearing porn would be fascinating. I, know, right? <laughs> I would definitely care about that. The only time I care is if we haven't had sex for a while. And we had planned to have sex that night. And that was like something recently where I he was like kind of, and I was like, you wish porn today, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, we have you couldn't wait until tomorrow. But it, and it wasn't, I didn't get mad. I just said like, next time we'll be planning and it's not a while, maybe just save. Because, you know, because I think he, he's also not like at an age where he's, like he's still young, but I feel like, oh, when you're like a teen, you could probably watch tree porns, have sex with four girls that night. You know, it's so know your limitations. But then I didn't scold him or get mad. It was just, um, yeah, like next time if we've planned it, that's so much porn that You sound day. ridiculously mature about everything. I'm so impressed. I'm like, because you, that's exactly right. Like if somebody comes to me and says, look, my husband's watching porn and masturbating all the time. And because of that, we're not having sex. Yeah. That, like, it's exactly what I said. There's no normal or right or wrong. It's what's not working, right? Yeah. But if, Somebody comes to me and they're like, "We have regular sex." He he wants to have sex. Sometimes he wants to have sex more than me, but he's watching porn and masturbating. I'm like, "Okay, well, that's perfectly normal." And you're saying what you said was kind of like perfect, like perfect, like it's great that you're watching porn and masturbating. Go for it. But at the point where it kind of gets in the way of us having sex, which yeah. it will, if he's not, you know, exactly, you said 18 years old, and you know. Then I think saying it the way you said it sounds like um, you're getting a gold star today. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I definitely didn't say it's great. I'm okay. like, you do you. <laughs> you do you, right, exactly. <laughs> but it's like when you, I think when most people get like insecure or whatever, you just have to ask yourself like, why? And like, why do I want to be mad? Or is there a point, you know, because it's like, well, why? For me, if he's watching porn, he's obviously watching something that, you know, is a fantasy, and I probably don't want to do it. So, <laughs> so get your group sex fantasy. That's your guy. You right. know, it's it's the same way I watch dragons in, um, you know, House of Dragon. I would love to have a dragon and ride a dragon. Am I going to go out and try to? I don't know. That's impossible. Do you know what I mean? So like, Did you, I just came from the Harry Potter store. Oh no! <laughs> I even watched. I just started watching Game of Thrones, so I'm like very far behind. But we watched House of Dragon. But because uh, I, I think they have a virtual reality where either you draw dragons or broomsticks. I'm not sure which. You should think. Look, you should look into it. Go to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, this is something we've said on the podcast before. Ian Fidance has said like, get your trills and fantasies out of porn, and and know that that it's okay as just a fantasy. But yeah, so as a partner, that helps because then you're like, that's okay. Like we we watch we've watched porn together and um, I remember uh, someone on the podcast before being like are you not like worried about who he's watching or and I'm like no because it's like who like he's never gonna meet her or he's not gonna leave me for her do you know what I mean it's like yeah I think um, I think when you do freak out about that stuff it's uh, it's usually about insecurities but also for like listeners you know I, I don't know it's like you ask yourself what you're comfortable with I just don't think you can dictate your male partner, though, to stop watching porn. I think that's a hard... It's ridiculous. All it does is... They've been doing it since they were young. It's and they're gonna just going to hide underground. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then they feel shame about it. They don't talk to you about it. Then you feel like there's not a trust because they broke your trust. Like, it, it, that, trying, making them feel shamed about it spirals, that spirals into problems in the relationship in a really not good way. Yeah. And then as well for yourself... If you haven't watched, I like, I do think there's like overwatching porn as well. Like, cause I've had guy friends who are like, oh, I can't come during sex now. But they watch like 
like really like too much and extensively the, they've overstimulated themselves and, like, and very like graphic, graphic like, yeah. and very rough kind of yes yeah, you stuff. can that's what I'm saying if it gets in the yes. way I think of porn like alcohol yeah, yeah. So like a little bit at the right times. Glass is, of wine before bed. Yeah, it go, it go for it. When you start, when it starts getting in the way yeah. of the rest of your life, then you know it's a problem. I also think for couples, a good piece of advice is because for women, sometimes there's a lot of pressure to like shave your legs, shave your pubes, dress in lingerie. You're, you're, you know what I mean? Like, um, do all these like you always think that men have a higher men have been told that they have a higher sex drive, which I don't believe either. But let's say you're like, I should do everything to pleasure him but if there's things that you don't like if you don't want to do anal let's say but you could watch porn together where the anal's happening he's getting off you don't have to do it yeah so i think that's a lovely um kind of like uh meeting in the middle especially if you're not co- yeah so if you're not comfortable with certain like anal beads or whatever but he's like oh i want to see this you're like okay put it on the big go, screen tv go for it, go for it. <laughs> or or even better put it on your brain like I feel like one of the things I Put do it on a lot your brain? of yes, like learn how to think about those things even without having to watch them. Oh yes, you yes, know yes. I feel like when we talk about fantasies, like I feel like we have a whole chapter on fantasies and neuroplasticity in the book because like I feel like women, they edit their fantasies, they judge their fan. Like I cannot tell you the number of women who sit down and say to me, "I've been." I've been um, fantasizing about women, but I don't think I'm a lesbian. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Hey, welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, or, oh, this is the best one. This is the best one. I'm, I'm embarrassed by fantasy. I don't like to fantasize because when I do, I fantasize about like being overtaken and like ravaged. Yeah. And like, and women feel so guilty about that, right? No. Like they feel like I'm not supposed And I'm like, when in our society have we lost the distinction between fantasies and reality? Like fantasies are fun. They're one of the few things out there that you know, are free, don't have calories, you know, say like, you know, you can create them when you want them. And like, it doesn't mean you want something to happen. Like a fan, the whole idea of a fantasy is that it lives in your brain and it can let you go places and be places and be with people that you wouldn't normally be with. And women have such a hard time with this. Like when they're with, they, some things they feel like they're being un, um, like unfaithful if they're fantasizing about, you know, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I agree. I have like two things to say about that because, firstly, it is a strange thing that we feel guilty about. Let's say if there's like a you know like a if you were to have a, a rape fantasy, yes. Uh, and I think um, women do feel feel guilty like that, but it's it's actually more about just um, losing control in a safe space because it's a fantasy. In this in this, you're controlling it. You're not physically going to get hurt. It doesn't mean you want that. And usually, it's like someone that's like it's not like some stranger in an alleyway it's like someone ha- or even if it is you're still in control it's totally. you're losing control in your fantasy but you're still in control of the fantasy so it's like a safe space it's total think about it you're control you're creating the person you're telling the person yeah. what to say you're telling the people what to do you're stopping them when you want like it, you couldn't be in a situation where you were in more control so it has nothing to do with really yeah. wanting to be raped you're exactly. in control but letting yourself lose control and then secondly if you had a fantasy about a robber coming in your house and you're like you get tied up and he robs your house and afterwards yes. you know uh, or you might defeat him, but like you wouldn't feel guilty for having a fantasy about getting robbed. I guess because yeah, you're. I, I think women sometimes are like, well, what if I fantasize about it? It might happen, and it's like that's not, that's not true. Right. Um, right. I think women also really. What's really hot for women is being wanted. Like again and time and again, you see that when you look at women's fantasies and the rape fantasy. And, you know, I always that's why I say being taken or whatever, because I know rape sometimes a trigger for people. But that's what we're really talking about. And like that is almost like the ultimate being wanted. Right. You're being wanted by somebody so much that they're willing to, like, break the rules for you. Now, not in real life. In real life, that's a whole different story. But in your fantasy life, that's what's going on. And so it makes total sense that it's it's a really hot fantasy. And. I just see time and again women shut down their fantasy life because they're afraid of it. They're afraid or they're going to afraid they're going to fantasize about somebody besides their partner and like you said, you don't necessarily really want to you don't have sex with that. I mean if I met Keanu Reeves, I'd probably not yeah. like him. Do you know what I'm saying? I'd probably yeah, think yeah. he was a narcissist. I don't know. We're not very smart. It would, like, it would ruin um it would ruin the, the fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. Exactly. So we're having fantasies with somebody that we've sort of created in our head. And that's true about our partners also. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes women will say to me, "Well, I'm I feel bad fantasizing because if I'm fantasizing, maybe he's thinking about somebody else. I'm like, yeah, he probably is. Like, yeah, and <laughs> who cares? Especially if you're he's there long- with you. Yeah, if you're in a long-term relationship. And I will say, um, 
you know, I've mm. fantasized about stuff I would never do in real life. Like, especially if, because um, I, you know, like I didn't masturbate or orgasm until my late 20s. And so, and then I struggled with a lot of like anxiety and trying to relax and get, get your head out of it. But I do think fantasizing really helps. So like if your partner's going down on you or whatever and you're like thinking about things that you probably will never be comfortable or I ne- like the reality of group sex for me, actually, I don't like when people I like hugging people but I don't like I don't touching even, people yeah I don't like I, I, yeah I like especially men I don't like men I don't actually find a lot of men attractive <laughs> you know is so, everybody listening it's really yeah. important to you <laughs> yeah so like and it takes a while for me to build up attraction and stuff like that so um, I mean unless it's a real piece of shit for some reason I used to be really attracted to those guys but my point you are not alone go yeah, on we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that yes right <laughs> well my point is like um, now that I'm in a secure healthy relationship the idea of even touching another man would be like so gross but I fantasize about group sex or or being tied up or being like forced to give a blowjob and I never want to do that in real life I'm almost, and I'm only sharing this and God I hope none of my family are watching I was going to say your mom this. I hope your mom's <laughs> well we don't have to worry about her but um, <laughs> um but uh, the the uh, I'm only sharing it just so you don't feel guilty about it because of course whatever you need to like because that takes you out of your head you're yes. like um, you know creating this sort of environment that you usually won't be in it's fun it's exciting totally. but you're not cheating on your partner because he's the one doing this stuff to you and same way if he's having sex with you and he's imagining another girl or five you, other girls or, yeah, 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 right, yeah. right 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 yeah it's yeah you can even get into it and tell him about all the other girls you yeah. know it's like you know yeah. it's if you want but you don't need to but yeah you can't be mad at what people think because yeah it's more actions if he's if he goes out and does and bangs a bunch of people and doesn't tell you then yes but like i mean just daydream about it right like, I, the way to think about it that may make you feel better is that he's using these other women or these other people or these other men or these other chipmunks or whatever it is yeah. To come back to have good sex with you, right? Especially, especially when we're in long-term relationships. You know, your erotic mind is used to going in lots of different directions. It doesn't want to be in the same place all the time. And the way to keep a a long-term monogamous relationship going is using your brain and using fantasies. But I think women and men don't always realize, like, they have to make that work and especially because porn is so ubiquitous now it's very easy to just turn on flip on the phone or whatever and and i think it's really worthwhile learning to translate that to your brain i just do yeah yeah no absolutely well so what um for people who are in long-term relationship what is your tip for and i know you said a couple of things there but do you have any other specific tips for keeping that passion going in a long-term relationship so the most important message i have for people in long-term relationships is that your sex life is not static, right? It's going to be changing all the time. And I talk about this a lot in the book. The reality is that, you know, very often we think, oh, we get together with our partner when we're 25, you know, we sort of figure out the sex is working well, and then we're going to just keep doing that. Well, that doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because we get older, our hormones change, we change our birth control pills, you know, they go on high blood pressure medication, um, we decide to get married, so things shift, somebody moves, our jobs are very different, so it's more stressful or less stressful. Um, we Some of us have kids that are banging at the door, you know, <laughs> we've stopped paying attention to our fantasy life, so that's gone down the drain. Like, the idea is that you, you're going to hit road bumps. And I think nobody tells people that. You're going to hit road bumps. That's just the reality. And If every time you hit a road bump and you think, huh, our sex life is not so great right now. It's been a problem for the last few months. Let me see if I can address it. And you know that you can. That changes everything. Like then it makes it always possible to get things back on track. So I feel like the most important message for people in long-term relationships is be aware of the fact that things are going to keep changing and there's almost always a solution to pain. You said I broke the book into four categories and I did. Pain, which comes and goes at different parts of our life. I don't know how much you struggled with that, but you know, young women have it. You know, post-birth people have it. Perimenopause, menopause women have it. Everybody's got different pain things, and they can all be solved. Problems with orgasm, which we started talking about, which can come in lots of different shapes. It's hard to learn how to have an orgasm. They're getting weaker. Medications can affect them. Problems with arousal, I don't get turned on, and problems with desire. And people mix those two up a lot also, but I just don't want to have sex. And I feel like, you know, if you know that it's perfectly normal, back to the word normal, to have these problems at different points in your life, but they're completely treatable, I use the word treatable, but completely fixable, then it just changes everything. It just makes you feel less stressed about your sex life, like more hopeful, more in control of your sex life. 
Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I think that's great for everyone to hear. Already, like all of the things you've those four things. I'm like, yeah, I've had an issue with all yes. of those. <laughs> you know, because I think for women in a relationship too, um, if you're not getting, if you're trying to have sex but you're not turned on, that actually causes pain. Or even not even one night stands where you're like, oh, I'll just do it but you're not fully turned on and that was something I had to learn about I was like oh I didn't realize that if you're not if you're not aroused it's just like you're because it has to open up yes inside. your vagina stretches and opens yeah. and, and, and it gets blood in the area and that's what makes you wet yeah. right so and if you exactly so you learned that the hard way huh well yeah and I will say like no you, that was a little bit of a pun yeah <laughs> alright <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, sure. But I will say, like, because with my relationship, my boyfriend's really nice and sweet. And I always like, like toxic and abusive. And, and it's all like, you know, Freudian childhood stuff. But um, but to be with someone like that, it's very different. Wait, wait what did you say? I'm sorry, I missed Like it. childhood Freudian stuff. Like, you know, the baby. You have that stuff you're saying? Or he had that stuff? No, me. Me as in, like, I like toxic men. I like abusive Oh, you men. like toxic men. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah, like, yeah. like men who oh. I could fix but I've just so many women yeah. like I always joke around about the women they like complain they marry this lovely lovely sweet guy and they're still fantasizing about their high school boyfriend who's in jail the yeah. biker guy who's in jail but I think that's like it is if you want like long term it is better to obviously be with the nice guy and then um yeah let fantasy come in to create that little bit or, or you know we've done stuff like tie up and um and it took us a really long time to figure out uh, like what I like with us as well. Do you know what I mean? Like we've tried loads of different things and I think um, that's something that people don't, everybody expects everything to happen straight away. And even I did when I first started dating him or people and it's like, oh, actually these things grow over like long time, like year, months, years. And we're still learning and we're together nearly two years. So it's, um, that would be my big thing about being, having, being patient because like, yeah, sometimes I'd be like stressed out that we're not having enough sex and I would have had way more sex with previous partners, but they, I also didn't want to have a conversation with them. Right. <laughs> I mean, they were so like hot and like shitty and into themselves and narcissists that the sex was great, but it was like, yeah, I didn't, I could have sex with them. Whereas like when my boyfriend, it's like, I'm happy to have sex with him, but I also want to spend time with him or I'm also like really independent in a relationship. So our relationship isn't at my priority all the time you know what I mean right. and you're not having sense. to prove yourself all the time yeah. you're not having to be the porn star all the time you're not having to yeah. right like I feel like you know what a really interesting thing to think about and I feel like this has to do with that nice guy you know the guy <laughs> in jail on the bike is that you know we're in a very interesting time in society where like the men the men have been told they have to be mm -hmm. kind and gentle and good because and that's what we want kind gentle good men but sometimes because of that, they've sort of completely wiped off their aggressiveness. And we want the aggressiveness in the bedroom. Yeah. And so sometimes it's a matter of letting them, helping them find that aggressiveness back in the bedroom. And that is not, I want to be really clear, that's not the same as saying, oh, you know, buy a leather. I mean, if it helps you, buy a leather collar or buy leather pants. I get that. For some men, that kind of unleashes the aggression. But pretending is not the same thing as being able to access your aggressiveness. And Sometimes that's actually very helpful in relationships. But but until you, we recognize that we've kind of forced men into a position where, you know, we've suggested that all aggressiveness is bad and they've like spent the last, you know, 30 years of their life, you know, shoving down their anger and shoving down their, you know, aggressiveness. And now we're like, oh, but now in the bedroom, I want you to throw me on the bed and just, you know, ravish me. So I just I feel like, um, yeah, we need to sort of get our signals out as well. But where did we even get it? I was trying to think of where we... I'm sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, you're great. I think as well, I think what's hard about that for, for maybe men listening is that because um, you don't you don't also just go in randomly and be like is it no I'm sorry no 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 it didn't sound like you were saying that I was just putting that that, that forward for them in the regards to um, I think that women in relationships need to be very because men aren't going to do any like my boyfriend won't do squat without me explicitly saying it he's like so um, what's that word like considerate and like not right. sexist yes, and yes, yeah, right, he sees right. me as an equal. Um, but I mean, I have to explicitly say what I want. And I think sometimes we get really frustrated with having to say what we want or, but it's like, it's the same way, um, you know, as women, we have to tell men like what we like, you know, even just like with vagina pleasure or uh, clitoris pleasure or whatever. It's the same way if you want them to be like a little more rough, like have those like talk about it before so you can plan it out as in like this is what I would like so that you're not even just asking for it in the moment but I think you're yeah, talking about the fantasies before so I think the talking is just so important yeah. like I think we lose that like we 
it's so interesting. People are incredibly intimate sometimes in bed and then can't talk about it, right? Like they do these like really, you know, crazy or not even crazy, but just these super duper intimate things. And then they get really shy when it comes to talking about it. And I think that it's really important to talk about these things. And what's funny is that, you know, when I'm doing sex education with teenagers or even adults, I'll say, if you can't talk about it, you maybe shouldn't be doing it. You know, like that's usually a good. But it's really hard. Like, I know I come from a country where we don't we don't talk about anything. We don't talk like there was a tampon ad that was removed from the television in um, recently 2020. Yeah. Well, everybody was dying. They got rid of this tampon ad because they said it was too sexual because it was like an interview. It was a UK ad where they say, um, uh, "Not just the tip, grab it by the grip," because they realized that so many women were using tampons wrong. And so yeah. we would watch a lot of the UK stuff. But anyway, they got that off the TV around the same year. Normal people came out, and there was a very healthy, conceptual sex scene where he like he's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he automatically grabs a condom. And I think for young, now they're meant to be seventeen, eighteen in it. But I think that's. Sorry, most Irish people are probably having sex younger than that and not really knowing anything think, about it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great that it was an automatic, of course, I'm going to use a condom. Yes, right. Um, and that has been an issue, especially back home with like condoms and men not wanting really? to wear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like a lot of my friends are like, you nearly have to wrestle the guy into a condom. And and it's like not even worth that. Or, you know, there's been like cases of people taking it off. And that's something like that. The Irish rape uh, center, Irish rape center has been trying to talk more about about like you know men need to not like the condoms is for protection or whatever but the point is that that people no, were, were calling in them. and they were giving out that that shouldn't have been on the television and really i think it should be shown in schools but um but why would i think what, you should run for mayor yeah <laughs> right sexual mayor but what did you say that made me think about that that people need to be talking about these oh, things because it's so hard and i think um you know, um, so when my boyfriend and me, he's obviously a man and I'm an Irish woman, um, we really struggle with when we're first dating, like, what are we feeling? So never mind even, in, we don't know, we don't have the words for those emotions. And I remember my friend sending me like an emotion wheel and I was like, I understand like five of these emotions <laughs> because I genuinely don't know what, I can't pinpoint the feeling. And only with like figuring it out as I've grown up and talked about it and especially the podcast. So like I probably have a head, like a, a, a level up than maybe other people, but um. And my boyfriend is the same. He would shut down. He's like, I don't know what I'm feeling. Um, And so both of us have had to like learn how to express ourselves better. So I think for for, for anyone listening, I think that's what's the issue in the bedroom is you're like, so like a guy will be like eating you out and he's like, like, what do you want me to do? And you're like, I, I I don't actually know what to tell you. Yes, right. I'm like right, move right. left, okay, but move right, but move right, down. Right, right, right. Oh, there, do that. Oh, you know, so it's like, I think it's like... um just keep talking until you figure out whatever makes sense. Totally. And I think you, you want to talk in the bedroom and you want to talk outside the yes, bedroom, right? Because that I like the idea. Like when I talk about like the men finding their aggressiveness, I really am talking about like trusting long term relationships for the most part, right? Yes. Like that I'm not, or at least not trying to let exactly. choke you. Um, right, exactly. But but if you've had a general conversation where you're like, I really would like you to be more aggressive. Why don't you try it and don't feel like you need to ask me each thing that you do. And then I will make it clear to you. And I will say no. Or... You know safe words. You know the, t- the term safe yeah, word, yeah. right? Because sometimes you don't. You want to say no because it's fun to say no and have them ignore the no, right? Yeah. So then you, but you'll negotiate that. You'll say, "Listen, I want you to be aggressive. I may say no. I want you to ignore my nose. If I say banana, you know that I <laughs> it's time to stop, right? So um, banana, banana <laughs> yeah, pineapple. Um, so um, yeah, I feel like being able to have conversations or conversation where like, oh my god, that was great last night. That really made me feel like I was really turned on and I was really surprised and um, I really enjoyed it. Or conversations like, I wish we would be having more sex and we're not yeah. having sex enough. And I know we're both really busy, but could we actually, oh, I need to talk about scheduling sex. Do we have more time? Oh, like, yeah, okay, we got fine. like uh, 18 minutes. I oh, think, fine. So. We, yeah, no, yeah, we, uh, we schedule sex and it's the best thing because when we try not do? to. You do? Go you. Yeah, like, well, we'll like, you know, we don't like put it in a account. I mean, I feel like if we date or we will be together forever. But I mean, if we're like in like decades, we probably will put it on a calendar. <laughs> but we will be like, um, you know, like, like I said to him, you know, he wanted to have, um, we want, we haven't had sex in like a week. So we were like, oh, we'll do it Saturday. But we actually had drinks after my show. So we just fell asleep. But then he was like, last night he was like, well, we have sex tonight. And I was like, no, I'm too tired, but let's have sex. We'll plan it in for tomorrow. To, so we will have sex tonight. So we know we will. And that way it's like, it's not like, 
we just know not to for him he knows not to watch porn today <laughs> and i know to like try not to come you know come home in like a weird headspace of like or to get, get ready yeah, to get yeah. yourself emotionally ready and yeah. you know what you could be in my book i swear <laughs> i wish i read a chapter because what you just described is when you talk about long term you said to me what's good advice for long term relationships i would say scheduling the sex in yeah. is non-negotiable non now Sometimes I'll talk to couples who've been together for like 30 years or whatever, which I assume you haven't been together because you would have been three years. No, just two years, two years. <laughs> right, when I say long term, I'm with my husband. We'll be married 40 years. So like we're talking. I mean, I, I can't <laughs> even imagine. And you, you do like for the listeners, you lose the spark after a few months. You you do. <laughs> Especially and then with the, a nice person. But, yeah, but the spark comes back and goes. Yeah, yes. And you work on the spark. Yes, and sometimes there's it. terrible. Like if you read my book, I have the whole introduction about there have been plenty of times when I'm like searching in the dirt for the spark. And then there's sometimes <laughs> that that spark is like really good um so but the thing about scheduling is that when i talk to couples who've been in relationships for a long time and still have a good sex life they'll say oh i don't schedule and i'll say oh okay well then how often do you have sex or when do you have sex and they'll be like well usually once on the weekend or they'll say well we don't usually let more than three or four days go by without having of course they're scheduling it it's not written in their planner but it's of course it's scheduled it's like soft scheduled and that's what you're sort of talking about Um, and and that works great when you're in a good groove. That's pretty. That is it, right. But when you're in a kind of a not good place, um, it really is important to say like we haven't had sex in a while. Our lives are crazy. The kids are like making us crazy if there's kids involved. Our parents are making us crazy if parents or my travel schedule is. So we really need to like decide we're going to do this every Sunday morning or every Wednesday yeah. night and exactly what you said if you can't do it that the person who sort of the person who like bows out says i'll but we'll do it tomorrow night instead so that it becomes very clear that it's a priority and it's important to you and what's funny to me is that every once in a while i'll get pushback and somebody will say oh well that's not very sexy like i was on a i was on a podcast once and they're like scheduling sex that's not really sexy and i'm like you know what's really not sexy not having sex. That's really not sexy. One of the things I love about you is how open you are. Like, I just want to tell you, like, it's so appreciated, like, that you are just open about your life, your emotions, your sex life, like, in a way that makes it really, really lovely to have a conversation with you. Just saying. No, good. Thanks. I'm sure, like, I'm sure people see it and they're like, Jesus, you know, like, what an overshare. (laughs) But but I do think it is. I think if we talk about everything, because even then, it's like, I'm struggling with the definition of sexy, as in, like, we don't know the words for everything. And until you talk about it, you kind of figure it out. And I, I also feel like you can say things. Like, I'll say things to my boyfriend all the time. And it's only after I've said them, I've heard it. And I'm like, actually, that's not what I like, or that's not what I mean. So I think we're just... I think words are the hardest thing. <laughs> so even in the bedroom, if you're like, yeah, I want you to eat my arse. And then you're like, actually, I don't like that. That's fine. I thought eating arse was something different. You know what I mean? As yes, in, like, you don't yes. really know. I thought it was like going to be a different feeling or sensation. Yes. And yeah, so I think say the things, but also be able, you can take it back and be like, that's not exactly what I meant. That meant, or even with me and Leland, jealousy means something very different to him because we come from two different worlds. So the word means something different. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I grew up with a very, um, and we have only three minutes and I do want to ask you something before we okay, go. But I grew up with a very jealous parent and jealousy ruled everything and it's very toxic to me and it's like this horrible thing. But to him, jealousy isn't at all. Jealousy is just like, oh, I'm like jealous of a comedian or you're, are you jealous? So like, so if he had ever said that word to me, that would have been a trigger and I would have been like, had my defense up. But to him, it's like, that's not, that's like, it's just, it's a normal emotion. So until I was able to realize like, oh, that, that I have this meaning on this word, that it, it, that doesn't mean that if that makes sense. And it can mean all these different definitions or different people's differences. Yes. Oh, wait, before you go, I want to ask really quickly, what is squirting for women? So squirting is, you know, there's so much argument in the literature about squirting, but it's some kind of combination of your own lubrication, skeins, glands, and um, urine. And um, it's fine, but it doesn't mean anything, right? Like some women squirt a a lot, a little. Some women don't ever squirt. Some women tend to squirt as they get older. Um, and, And for some women, it's incredibly pleasurable. For some women, not really. It doesn't mean you're having an orgasm or not having an orgasm. It just is. If you're not a squirter, don't spend your life trying to squirt, although you could play with the G spot. Sometimes that's helpful. Um... 
But yeah, does that what answer is, the question? Is the G spot just the back of the clit? No, not at all. The G spot oh. is in the vagina. It's about two inches in. If you put your finger in and you rub up, you're going to find like a spongy spot. And like everything else, this is really important. Some people love the way it feels. And some people could take it or leave it. So the same way, some some people's nipples send them over the edge. You know, some people's nipples do nothing for them. The G spot is everybody has a G spot. It exists, but for some people, it's a very hot feeling to have that rubbed. With is it on the front or the back? The top of the vagina. So you, like, slide, you slide your finger into the vagina. Oh, the top. Okay. And you like do a like come hither sign oh, with your yeah, finger. Yeah. Your finger should touch something that's kind of spongy. Okay, great. And um, we, sh- we should go. But also, and for women listening, this is just something. You can also have different types of orgasms, right? And multiple orgasms. Yes. So that goes back to what we were talking about before. Depending on where the stimulation is coming from, your orgasms can feel different. And some women can have many orgasms. Some women can really only have one or have one and then a refractory period of like, it could take them five minutes to have another one or two minutes to have another one. You got to play with it. And it's all fine. Like, it's yeah. all normal and it's all fine. There's nothing wrong with you listening to me. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. If you have one orgasm and it's great, good. If you have, you know, five orgasms, that's great also. Okay, great. And so uh, where can people... I feel like we're doing rapid fire. I know, just because I was like, oh, sorry, God. We... No, so no, sorry. no, you're just me. Yes. No, you're absolutely great. Um, this is the book. Satisfaction Guaranteed, How to Have the Sex You've Always Wanted. You can get it at every bookstore. If you go to my website, Dr. Batsheva. Batsheva is my first name, by the way. People should just know that. But drbatsheva.com. Um, but, you know, I don't know what you have where listeners are. Amazon, um, you know, um, Barnes & Noble. I don't know. And pretty much any large bookstore is going to have this book, Satisfaction Guaranteed, How to Have the Sex You've Always Wanted. Um, you know, you can if you go onto my um, social media also, can I give my social media handle? Oh, my God. Give everything. Okay. Please. So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Dr. Bacheva, D-R-B-A-T-S-H-E-V-A. And at TikTok, I'm at The Dr. Bacheva <laughs> because they threw off Dr. Bacheva. Can you believe it? Am I like – do I seem like I should get thrown off TikTok? Anyway, I'm on The Dr. I'm the Dr. Bacheva. And I, I do tons and tons on, on those platforms because I really believe in them for, for sex education. So please, you know, follow me. Send me comments. Amazing. Thank you so much. And – Thank you so much for having yeah, me. No, thank you for being here. And thank you to Pat, as usual. Uh, Pat's uh, handle will be in the description and your info will be in the description as well. So uh, please um, follow him as well and use his studio. And uh, the episodes are always a week early on Patreon. Please sign up. It's pay what you want for the moment until I figured that out because I can't make a decision. Um, so get on that and uh, bonus episodes there as well. And rate review. Uh, please go rate review because um, and nice reviews. So uh Yeah, other than that, and comment and share, please. Thank you so much. Love you all. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.